It's your Idaho Central app here. Any chance you're missing a debit card? Let's get that taken care of for you. With ICCU's card control, you can turn any card off with the tap of your finger. You got it. And back on again. Ow, 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 ow. The closest Idaho Central Credit Union branch is in your pocket. Ooh, the gym. Mold stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker. No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale. But you're not the kicker. No. Yeah. Now, nah, the kicker's probably taller and in a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats. Yeah. Try it sometime. RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics, is going all-in this season with an all-star lineup. First up, he led the Broncos to three conference championships and ten 20-win seasons. It's Coach Leon Rice. Next, he's the founder and CEO of RowPaint.com. He played a little basketball in high school on the driveway with his mom. It's Andy Rowe. Want to just paint my house? Now that I can do. When I want Boise State to win, I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory. And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating, I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right. This is Bronco Nation News Live. The best interviews, the most informed opinions, the latest breaking news, all from the top Boise State insiders. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Can Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Now, here's four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, B.J. Rains, with another edition of Bronco Nation News Live. Well, last night, Mike Trader, fireworks going off at Circa Resort and Casino, a happy Karen Reigns, Kansas City Chiefs in overtime, Super Bowl champions. And yes, somebody said, uh, we back to Boise, shirt, and uh, I was just warming up, uh, warming up the pool for you, Mike Trader. We'll be back in four weeks for the uh, Mountain West basketball tournament, but uh, Happy Monday, Mike Crater. I uh, I made it. I'm not on much sleep, but I'm good to go, and uh, it's going to be a fun show here. So I uh, appreciate, you, appreciate you as always. How are we doing, sir? I have a new, a new official request. Can we start every Monday morning show with a big fireworks show? Because I, I need to wake up a little bit. Um, 
I didn't go to Vegas, but uh, we're all a little cloudy today, and a good fireworks show is going to b- wake us up every single Monday morning. Let's make that a regular staple. Come on, BJ. I like it, man. Out there watching the uh, watching the game at Stadium Swim, they had pyrotechnics for the touchdowns and stuff. And uh, I know this is a Boise State show. We'll talk mostly Boise State today. We're going to talk Bush Hamden. Uh, we're going to talk about the game on Saturday and kind of big picture for this basketball team moving forward. But uh, you may know better than me, Mike. I didn't see it. I was uh, literally the game. Mike Prater, I I, uh, I didn't have time to cash my tickets. I got some winning bets that when I go back to Vegas, I'm going to have to cash them. I, we had to jet for the airport. The game, that game going to overtime, I didn't factor that into my uh, my schedule last night. So we uh, we literally, I think folks know, but we literally flew to Vegas for about nine hours. We were, went from Salt Lake after the basketball game on Saturday. Sunday morning, flew down. It, it felt like a Mike Prater special. You just fly in. You, you have a few drinks. You make a few bets. You watch the Super Bowl, and you fly out. And uh, we... Uh, we, we have to uh, – I'm going back with, I guess, the best thing there is. I'm taking a winning ticket back to Vegas in four weeks for the conference tournament to cash uh, because we didn't even have time. But uh, when was the last overtime Super Bowl? I should know this. Do, do you know that, or did they say it? Yeah, there's only been one other in the history of the Super Bowl. It was the 28-3 one, what, 2017, the Patriots and, and, and the Falcons. So uh, a 28-3, I think Shanahan may have had something to do with that one as well. So uh, that's, that's right. the only other Super Bowl overtime. I was actually, and this is kind of weird for me to say, but, uh, you know, I'm at a party. We had a big day. We had a whole bunch of people. We have food. We have football. And they go to overtime, and the first thing I think of is, oh, crap, B.J. Reigns has got to catch a flight. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to come back. You really thought of that? No, man, I, 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 <laughs> I didn't think about the logistics. I did. <laughs> it was a little bit of a – it was a little bit of a uh, – and over-under, by the way, we said $100 for the Uber. That's right. $31. What? $31 with a four-minute wait. With a four-minute wait. It was unbelievable. Holy cow. They must have an overflow of Ubers there in, in, in Las Vegas. That's from point A to point Z in Vegas, if anybody knows where the Circa, where Circa is compared to the, the airport. So, uh, And we literally drove right by Allegiant Stadium on the freeway there, and I was thinking this is just going to be absolute madness. We're going to be sitting here for an hour, and our flight was – Delayed 30 minutes. So we landed about two hours and 15 minutes before kickoff. And I was worried it was just going to be a disaster. I'm like, do we find a place closer to try to watch it? But then you're in the even worse crowds. And um, I, I did the, uh, I scheduled ahead for the Uber and it was like $51 the day before. And I said, book it, done. Well, then we land and I see it's only 30. And I was, I canceled the other one, paid the five bucks and ordered a new one for $31. I couldn't believe it. Nice, nicely done. That's good information to know. So even Vegas can handle. Uh, an Uber ride in a situation like that, yes. which, you know, which is going to be my new, it's, this is my new mantra. And I started it on Friday, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to be a homer here, but I, I want the Super Bowl in Vegas every other year. I yes. want New Orleans, Vegas, New Orleans, Vegas, New Orleans, and Vegas. And the only reason I wanted to go to New Orleans is to, to satisfy some of those people in the East and the South, give them a little bit of a party. Plus New Orleans is a great destination, obviously not as good as Las Vegas. This sucker should be in Las Vegas every single year. Yes, it was perfect. All the I'm sure it was great for all the uh, parties all week and radio row and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Vegas certainly knows how to have a crowd in, uh, I, as I said, we'll get to Boise state in a second, but what was with the, uh, I don't know if there was a lot of talk about this, but, uh, I didn't understand. And again, I, I can hear the audio outside. There's a lot going on, had a few beverages, but I mean, what, what, what's uh, why did the 49ers take the ball in overtime? I, I would have thought that if you're uh, you know, if, if both teams, which I will admit, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on the overtime rolls. I had to ask some people by me and look it up. And I heard him say both teams get a possession. Sounds like maybe some of the 49ers didn't even know the overtime rules, but uh, if, if you're guaranteed to get the ball, why would you not take defense first to know what you need? 
Yeah, I understand that argument, and that's certainly one of the arguments of today. But Shanahan, the way he explained it, as far as I can tell, is the third possession is the one that's the most important for him because of the overtime rules. Everybody's going to get – you have to score a touchdown or, or both teams have to get the ball. It's a little bit different in the in the postseason than it is in the regular season where, you know, if as long as if you score a touchdown right off the bat, the overtime's over. In the playoffs, everybody gets one possession. And he thought, okay, we're going to go down and score. And then the Chiefs are going to come down and score. And more than likely, the analytics tell us that the game will be decided on the third overtime possession. That's when we're back into play. That's when we know exactly what we need to do. So he just kind of outthought himself. There's some people defending him. Other people think it's a little bit crazy. Um, I I can see both sides. And certainly, it's exactly what we in the media like to do on Monday after a Super Bowl. No doubt. Uh, How are the commercials? Any good ones? Um, you know, I didn't see a lot of them. I don't remember laughing at a lot of them. Um, yeah. I, there wasn't really too many that really jumped out and really just kind of woed me. So uh, I thought it was, I was usher. Uh, I, I was on the back deck smoking a cigar with the fellas when usher came on. So I, I really don't have a lot to, uh, enjoy about usher. I don't hate him. I'm not a hater. It's just, he doesn't, he's not my style. Yeah. Um, you know, if you put some rap and some hip hop out there and some ladies, I'll watch that because of the sexy factor, but, uh, I'm not going to watch Usher because of the sexy factor in his his music doesn't do it for me, BJ. I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm not going to lie, Mike Prater. I was uh, trying to find a casino on Fremont Street that had a live money line at halftime. Uh, so I was <laughs> I was uh, walking down Fremont. Did you do it on your phone? Uh, no, I had the cash. I had the cash. But uh, Cirque offered a second half line, but I couldn't get a live at halftime. So I, I ended up at the Binions Casino where they used to have the World Series of Poker, I think. And now I've got a... A nice, uh, a nice ticket to go cash at Binion's Casino on. They got plus one eighty at halftime on the uh, on the live money line. So Binion's was Sammy Davis Jr. There? Are you Binion's? Come on! <laughs> it was That's a old sad, school. Halftime of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Bugsy Siegel was there hanging out with the uh, with the mobsters back in the day. <laughs> halftime of the Super Bowl at Binion's was a sad place. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I can oh, picture got- now. <laughs> But we got the ticket, and uh, like I said, I'm going back. I'm already going down with cash. Uh, I'm, I got a winning ticket when you arrive in Vegas. There's nothing better than that. So uh, good time, Chiefs won. I know you guys will talk about it a lot on uh, Idaho Sports Talk today, uh, 3 o'clock with uh, Johnny and Bob and JP and the whole crew. You guys will be all over the Super Bowl. But got to talk some Boise State. Let's keep it on football, though, first, uh, Mike Prater. We'll get to basketball here in a little bit. But Bush Hamden, news came out yesterday. I was driving down to Logan, um, saw the Pete Thamel tweet. Uh, did a little bit of uh, work on it. It's not done. I guess Boise State is theoretically what I was told, trying all they can uh, to, to try to keep him. But again, if the previous offensive coordinator at uh, Kentucky made $1.7 million and Boise State you know, just offered him, I think, 460000 for for this contract, I mean, this comes down to money. Bush Hamden is tripling his pay and going to, back to the SEC uh, to Kentucky. I, I saw you had a couple uh, Facebook posts, tweets on this yesterday. Uh, not official yet, but looks like it's probably going to happen uh, at some point here. Just your, your thoughts on Bush Hamden going going to Kentucky. BJ, this would really upset me. This this would fire me up, and uh, and I would have to get uh, the old Praetoresque and just get a little emotional and get a little fired up. I, I love Bush Hamden. We all love Bush Hamden. And I go back to Bush Hamden from 25 years. And when I saw Bush Hamden and he first showed up back in Boise as the offensive coordinator, what, a summer and a half ago, uh, at his introductory press conference, we actually hugged, and we don't—I don't do that with a lot of people. Um, it just kind of na- happened naturally because of our relationship and because of where we stand, and and because of of what we've done to each other over the last few years. So we're pretty tight, and I love Bush an awful lot uh, as a human being, as a football coach, and I'm a big believer in Bush Hamden. 
This one actually kind of makes me angry, BJ. The fact that it's even out there in public kind of fires me up a little bit. And I can't wait to get after this on Idaho Sports Talk later this afternoon. But emotionally and physically and spiritually and everything there is, uh, it really, really, really bugs me. I get the money factor. And if I was in that same situation, I'd probably have to have the same conversation. And, and I certainly get uh, the prestige factor and the SEC factor. But, man, this is different. This is different. You spent the entire offseason preaching, 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 roster retention. That was the number one job for you in the offseason as you worked with Spencer Danielson to try to save this stinking, this sinking ship. You just fired your football coach. And here comes Spencer Danielson and Bush Hamden to the rescue, pulling off miracles, and then creating this beautiful roster after the season's over with. And then Bush Hamden wants to bail for Kentucky? Are you kidding me? Uh, it would really, really bother me, BJ. I think it would set this team back a little bit emotionally. I, I think uh, they could find another offensive coordinator. You know, of all his strengths and weaknesses, just being an X's and O's offensive coordinator might not be at the top of the list. I think he does a lot of other things really well. So I think he could probably be replaceable, but it just really, really bothers me that he's put together this team. He's got a quarterback. He's got a wide receiver. He's recruited all these special people to this Boise State football team. And here we are one day after the Super Bowl debating whether he's going to go to Kentucky. It really bothers me, BJ. Alexandra Lambert says she's 100,000% with you, Prater, for once. Uh, so uh, she agrees with you on this, and a lot of people agree with you in the chat, Mike. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, there's multiple layers to this, I guess. First of all, you know, he did have the the tweet when Ashton Genty stay, stayed saying something to the effect of loyalty and Bronco for life and all this. He also took less money to come back from, uh, you know, Missouri. He was already, he was already in the SEC, uh, took less money to come back. Now this is still going to be a huge pay jump over that. Um, but if it wasn't about the, about the money literally a year ago, now all of a sudden it looks like it might be about the money again. And he talks so much about wanting to live. In, and I was reading his quotes when he signed the new deal, like six weeks ago, or whatever to stay, he was talking about how much his family loved living in Boise and how he, they'd moved a lot and didn't want to move anymore and was happy to be back. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know, Mike, you're right. This one is interesting. Do, do you think, do you think Mike Prater that he was, uh, a little upset he didn't get the head coaching job or didn't get the interim or, or was that part of this? You think certainly part of the thought process for me. And I, I, you have to think about that a little bit. And I remember specifically, I asked him right after, um, you know, Spencer was in the middle of all this firestorm. I can't remember if it was right before Spencer was hired or it was obvious that he was going to be hired, or maybe it was right after he got hired. I asked Bush Hamden in one of those press conferences, do you have head coaching aspirations? Do you want to be a head coach? Do you Are you ready to be a head coach? And he said, I'm more than ready to be a head football coach. I want to be a head football coach. And I think he answered it okay. I don't remember at the time thinking, okay, that's kind of a squirrely answer. He said the right things, but his body action said something different. I, I think he understands the pecking order and the seniority. And Bush Hamden is always going to be a great teammate. He's going to be a fantastic teammate. That dates back all the way to, to settling for a second behind Kellen Moore. And maybe even before then, behind his brother. He's always been a good teammate. And in this particular case, um, I thought he was always a great teammate and saying, okay, Spencer's been here longer. Um, he's got the tenure on me for, what, seven years plus one years, whatever it is. Uh, I know Spencer didn't play here, but Bush played here. So maybe that got into his craw a little bit. Maybe because it was so obvious. Maybe it's because Jeremiah Dickey didn't come to him and say, you want to be part of the head coaching process? Because I'm not sure that that happened. I think they all just assumed that it was going to be Spencer Danielson and they went straight there and they went out and started building this wall and building this future. 
So there might be a little bit of that. I think that's a part of it. But I still don't think it's – unless it really bothers him behind the scenes and I have a hard yeah. time believing that, I, I don't think that that's the ultimate case here. I think it's about the money, and that's what the part that really bothers me. And, you know, I, I think he expected to have this kind of – I think what I, what I think he expected to happen, and Boise State probably too, to be honest, Mike Prater, is this offense goes out and has a great year in the fall, and then he parlays that into an offer like this where he would have got you one – 1.7 yeah. million at the end of at the end of the season but i don't I mean i think that's what he kind of probably expected i'll take this two year deal but we had a great offense next year and then i'll see what's out there i think the offer just came a year before he thought i mean i, I think this is the offer he was expecting to get 1.7 million whatever at the end of at the end of the year but when it came now it's like okay uh you know and, and again the, he just talked to us like 3 days before too and and i i don't know if you picked up anything during his press conference on signing day mike looking back now um, but I, I didn't notice anything and I would imagine they would at least have talked to him in three days. Maybe not by that point. Um, this stuff does happen very fast in, in, in this profession. And again, we yep. should point out, this is not, we, we should just clarify. This is not 100% done. Uh, Kentucky has not announced this Boise state. As I said, I was told that it, they were trying to do what they can, but again, I don't know what else they can do to, to sweeten the pot here to make, to, 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 to do this. But, um, I, I, you know, and I'm on both sides of it, Mike. It stinks. It's just, it's just the way college football is now. I hate to see it. I hate it, but uh, it, it'd be hard for me to turn down one, you know, one point seven million. But again, I don't know the finances. I don't know where, where you know, I don't know. We're not Bush Hamden. We're not in his head. We don't know his family situation. We don't know their thought process. Um, I get it. It stinks, and I'm I'm mostly with you on that. But I, I do look at the money side too, and it's like, man, if I was making a and I could triple it and make generational money. You know, that's certainly hard to turn down. And based on some folks I've talked to, uh, former coaches, you know, people that, that know Bush is thinking that kind of thing, probably saying that this was a, a very tough decision, you know, even given how easy it might you think it is for some with the money. Like it's it, it's about more than that and all the stuff you're talking about. And um, but yeah, it, this this business just does uh it stinks, man. They had something going. I guess I said he just talked to us a couple days ago. He came all the way back, and now Mike, like he he leaves, and now I get it. He was not calling the plays. Eli Drinkwitz was. He did at the end of the year, you know, the last couple of games, but he was the quarterbacks coach for the most part. There, Eli Drinkwitz was kind of the offensive coordinator. I don't know who had the title, um, yeah. but but uh, so so in that aspect, he is getting an elevated role, play calling role, full offensive coordinator in the SEC. Um, but he basically left the an SEC. And then, you know, 13, 14 months later, he's now in a worse SEC job at Kentucky uh, than, than Missouri. Um, just the way that I, I don't know what his end game was. I know you talked about in your tweet or post or something like every year or two folks that are jumping, it's hard to kind of build your career and and and, and work your way up. And I, so I don't know what his end game was. And maybe, Mike, you said him wanting to be a head coach. Maybe, you know, and I, I don't think anybody would, would really disagree with this, but an offensive coordinator in the SEC probably gives you a better leg up to be a head coach than an offensive coordinator at Boise State. And maybe that's his goal, parlay this in a year or two to be in a head coach somewhere. I, I don't know. But the, the path he took, SEC, take less money back to Boise State. And then, yeah, you get more money, but you take a worse SEC job. I just uh, I wonder what the end game was or is. Yeah, I mean, I suppose he's trying to get to, I mean, you know, chasing money and being a head coach, I, I guess, would be out there. But by his actions, as you pointed out, uh, coming to Missouri, from Missouri to Boise, money wasn't important for him then. SEC stat, status wasn't important for him then. You know what? The money's going to be there. Bush Hamden's 38 years old. He's going to be coaching in this profession for another 20 years, maybe yeah. another 30 years. When he retires, the dude's going to have so much freaking money that it's 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 impossible to spend. And, and you know what? You're at your alma mater. 
and you're living in a beautiful city, and you have a resume that looks like a checkerboard square. One here, one there, one here. He's never spent more than three years at one spot, and that was just at Missouri most recently. This dude changes jobs almost every single season. And at some point, you have to look at the wife and say, are you kidding me? We can't do this. Yes, if Bush Hamden stays at Boise State, is he passing up a million bucks? Sounds like he might be. And yes, most people would say that's ridiculous. But if Bush Hamden does the job that he's supposed to do with the kids that he recruited right now, here in less than, you know, here in 11 months, he's going to get plenty of job offers, maybe even head coaching offers. So we'll see how it shakes out. I just, I think it's, I think it's irrational. I, I think it's chasing and being a lack of patience, um, you know, loyalty to your alma mater, especially when you had those quotes right after we signed the contract about his loyalty to the city of Boise. Mostly it's loyalty to that roster. That was my tweet the other day. This roster deserves to have Bush Hamden. Bush Hamden's a good coach, and he's put together this beautiful roster in part because of the relationships. He stood up at the podium and talked about recruiting this kid, this Marshall kid, since he was in the ninth grade, and Malachi Nelson and all this kind of stuff. So it just doesn't make any sense. Maybe he's more butthurt behind the scenes than we thought, but uh, I think Bush Hamden is being irrational. The money's going to come. The jobs are going to come. You've got a job to do in Boise, Idaho, right here and right now. And I think he needs to stay for another nine months. Nate Staley says if Bush had stayed and got BSU into the top 10 offenses, he'd have better offers after the season. So he could do better than Kentucky maybe if he'd had a big year this year, Mike. I could almost do better than Kentucky. What's the prestige <laughs> about Kentucky other than the paycheck? Come on, man. It, it, it's an afterthought. Basketball is what, what they worry about in Kentucky, right? Yes. Yes, you're second fiddle. So come on, man. It's just it's just the whole thing bugs me. The whole th I mean, if he was a, getting lured by Georgia or Alabama or you know, something else, I, I would get it. Uh, if if the money just, came with something else, I would get it. But money doesn't come with anything else here other than just a lack of loyalty, and it really bugs me, BJ. And like you said, uh, and I agree with Nate, agree with you, like, yeah, I mean, if he you stay for one more year, you have this big year that everyone thinks you'll have, and you would have your, your pick of things. Uh, Kentucky almost seems like desperation, like you're trying to leave or something if, if you're taking Kentucky. But, again, we don't know the financial situation. I agree with you that his big payday would have come probably in eight months or nine months if he had waited. Uh, we'll find out for sure. Um, I know it's, you know, sports talk radio, whatever. As soon as somebody leaves, you say, who are they going to hire? But uh, what I don't know if you've thought about it at all. I think Matt Miller is the obvious guy that will get some consideration. I personally love Matt Miller, like him, nice guy. But I think you can go shoot a little higher, a little more uh, experienced, uh, qualified candidate. Uh, I know he was an OC before, and I, I think – if they go that route, he'll probably be fine. But and again, this is nothing against Matt Miller. I like him a lot. But when you can offer almost a half million dollars and you can offer an offense that is going to be as good as this offense is going to be, um, I think they've got some intriguing candidates. And I'll just throw out one name, Mike, and everybody knows he's associated to this show. And I'll just throw it out there. I, I think the perfect person actually for this offense in this situation right now in terms of uh, you know, where he's at and whatever is, is Mike Sanford. I think Mike Sanford has been an OC at Colorado at, at big time, you know, Notre Dame has been at big time places. And um, I, I think the right family, the right situation, moving back to Boise again, not saying I've talked to him, haven't talked to him. I'm not going to get into those conversations, um, but just know that he's a part of this show and, and know that I know him very well as you do and others do. 
I think that'd be hard for him to turn down if he got an opportunity and an offer. And, and I don't know if Spencer – they never coached together, so Spencer Danielson doesn't really know him. I can 100% say for a fact that when he joined BNN last year, it was not so he could try to get a job back at Boise State. Some people are saying, oh, he was just trying to work his way back into Boise State. It was not that 100%. He loves his family, loves coaching his daughter's softball team, and weird stuff happens in weird ways. And I think he's perfectly fine not coaching. But if the opportunity arose and they – wanted to go in that direction. I personally have a hard time thinking he would turn that down. And I think you could do a lot worse than Mike Sanford, but I'll be curious where they go for this hire. I, I would guess it's not going to be him. I'm just saying, I think he'd be a good high, a good candidate, but I, I would guess it's not going to be Mike Sanford. Um, what do you think about this, this position now? It's an intriguing spot, like I said, and I think you'll get some really intriguing candidates. A lot of people, why would you not be interested in this job? Oh, absolutely. It's just a matter of how many people are out there unemployed, sitting on their couch that would be interested in this job and be capable of this job. I love, I love the Sanford. I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, if Bush leaves, where are they going to go? And obviously, Matt Miller comes to mind. I have some things to say about him. Sanford, I never even thought of that. So uh, I, I like that. I, I certainly would make that phone call and have those conversations if it comes to that. Matt Miller, I mean, who, who doesn't love Matt Miller? I mean, as an athlete here at Boise State, he was phenomenal. As a human being, he seems like he's a really phenomenal guy. Um, as your offensive coordinator and play caller for this roster in 2024, no. Now, I'll even go back in terms of what we know for a fact in terms of Matt Miller. Matt Miller is the second lowest paid coach on this football team behind only Jabril Frazier, who's 13 years old in, in coaching terms. I mean, he's young. He's really, really young and making pennies as they're trying to give this young kid uh, a chance at life and a chance at a football career. Matt Miller has been a long-line football guy. He's been an offensive coordinator in the big sky. He's done other positions, and he's barely making more than Jabril Frazier. Everybody's getting these bumps in pay, and Matt Miller's at $215,000. I mean, it's by $20,000 and growing in terms of how much he's paid. So that tells me behind the scenes, somebody made a decision. Matt Miller, you're worth this kind of money the second worst on the staff behind the young kid that we just hired. That to me says a lot. And if you're going to take Matt Miller and then all of a sudden promote him to the very, very top, that's a big leapfrog that I'm not very comfortable with right now. We're getting some great suggestions in the uh, chat here. Kurt wants Al Borges. <laughs> <laughs> I put him on the list. I love Al Borges. <laughs> you got Tim Plow on the list. I know he's uh, probably not coming back. Uh, someone's asking about Kirby Moore. I don't think he's taking a pay cut to come back. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know if this is an inside the family, outside the family. I mean, I mean, for the most part, Mike, like Spencer Danielson only made two new hires, and one was bringing Stacy Collins back, and one was obviously uh, uh, the gentleman from Ball State, Tyler Stockton. Um, yeah. But he mostly he mostly just ran it back with guys that were already on staff. So uh, this is an opportunity for him to kind of spread his wings a little bit and, and hire his own offensive coordinator. We don't know his coaching connections or who he is around, but I mean, the two hires he made both seem to be strong hires taking a de sitting defensive coordinator at a you know at a Mac school to be your uh you know secondary coach and then to get Stacy Collins to leave Penn State to come back so I have faith that Spencer Danielson will find uh the right candidate here and as I said you got a lot of money to offer and a lot of toys on that offense to offer I, I think that you can get some intriguing candidates it's just you know, someone said it stinks we're talking about this, and I agree. I mean, it's, fe it's February 12th. Like, it's just you got spring ball starting in like three, you know, four weeks. Um, you don't know how that does affect coaches that are not currently coaching versus are coaching. And if they are not coaching, why is that? Um, you know, I don't know, but, but it's, uh, it's, we'll find out in the next couple of days here what happens, but certainly not something we expected to be talking about. 
the the one thing that we haven't mentioned here, just to kind of put this to bed, and then we can dive into basketball and a very important weekend behind and a very important game up coming up. But um, we haven't mentioned two words here, guys, and we haven't mentioned the word Ashton Genty, who just made the ultimate eleven month sacrifice to stay at Boise State, and and, and to me put that guy in the loyalty hall of fame Ashton Genty, if this season i'm going to say something really stupid here if this season pans out the way everybody wants it to be Ashton Genty love in Boise Idaho is going to reach Kellen Moore-esque proportions i mean already right now Ashton Genty can do no wrong they're naming snowplows after him they're naming babies after him there's little white babies being named Ashton Genty all across the Treasure Valley right now because everybody loves Ashton Genty. We know that there's a whole bunch of 20-year-olds running around with the name of Kellen. Ashton Genty can be the next Kellen Moore. I'm not going to say he's going to pass him in, 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 in popularity, but he's going to be on that list. And that list is really short, as in Kellen Moore, period. Nobody else. And Ashton Genty has a chance to be that loyal guy to this city, to that football program, to that roster, to those teammates and those coaches. And he's the young kid. He's the young kid who can barely even have a conversation because he's kind of quiet and shy and just grinds behind the scenes. And here comes the adult who's supposed to be in charge, and he can't wait nine or ten months for the opportunity of a lifetime? Come on, dude. Go have breakfast with Aston Jenny. Put this thing to bed and get your ass back to work at Boise State. And one final thing on this, Mike, uh, some folks in the chat are asking, any concern that uh, whether it be Malachi Nelson or Genty or any of these players uh, – Bolt with Bolt now uh, when the portal opens again after spring practice? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It won't open until after spring ball. Is, I think it's April 1st or something. I, well, I don't even know if it's 1st or 15th or somewhere in, in the first 10, 15 days of April. Uh, that transfer portal does open up again. And um, yes, are you kidding me? I mean, let's see how spring ball plays out. If Malachi Nelson comes in and just clicks and everybody's happy and singing kumbaya with the new offensive coordinator, I suppose it could be okay. But it certainly opens up the possibility. If you would have asked me last week, is there any chance that Chris Marshall or Malachi Nelson or any of these other kids uh, could end up in the portal after spring ball? No. Why, why would they? And now we have to talk about this for the next two months, and it's ridiculous. Shame on you, Bush. I'm really disappointed in this, and uh, I, it may or may not affect our relationship, and that's okay, but uh, I'm really disappointed in Bush Hamden this even came to this point. I know a lot of fans feel the same way with you, Mike. You guys will be all over the uh, Bush Hamden situation. Uh, Three o'clock today, Idaho Sports Talk with uh, Prater, Johnny, Bob, JP, and the crew. Uh, let's uh, take a quick 90-second timeout, Mike, and then uh, dive into this basketball team and where they're at right now. Two straight losses on the road. They get a bye this week, and then they start a little easier stretch in the schedule. Well, the, the state of Boise State basketball, we'll discuss that next here in 90 seconds. All Bronco Nation news broadcasts come from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of premix premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Spirits, perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Our title sponsor is RowPaint.com. For all your commercial, industrial, residential painting needs, check out RowPaint.com. Don't forget about their concrete coatings. Transform that ugly concrete slab on your back patio in your garage in just one day. Contact rowpaint.com for a free estimate today. The official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics and our title sponsor at Bronco Nation News is rowpaint.com. Idaho Central Credit Union has been helping members achieve financial success for more than 80 years. There's an ICCU branch on almost every corner, but the closest is in your pocket with free e-branch mobile and online banking. See why more than 500,000 members love ICCU and join one in four Idahoans by making the switch today at ICCU. Dot com. 
Since 1984, Ridley's Family Markets has prided itself on being a hometown food and drug store that employed value members of the local community. Ridley's Family Markets has 13 locations in the state of Idaho and many more in the surrounding states. Download the new Ridley's app to your smartphone, get savings up to 40% off at the checkout line, and find a location near you at shopridleys.com. Former Bronco Matt Bowsher is once again the number one ranked realtor in the Treasure Valley. No home is too big or too small for Matt and his team. Let them fulfill all your real estate needs at BowsherRealEstate.com. Prater, four weeks from tomorrow night, we will be flying down to Las Vegas for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, Circa Resort and Casino is going to be our headquarters. We'll be staying there, doing shows there all week. And uh, I got a 15% off link if anybody wants to stay at Circa or the D, 15% off. You can email me. Also, uh, we hope you – we're now over 80 RSVPs for our pool party. We are taking over Stadium Swim outside Circa Resort and Casino. It's an unbelievable spot. As I said, I was there watching the Super Bowl last night, and it is unbelievable for sports viewing. And they're going to have all the conference tournament games on all day. We'll be out there from 10 to 5 Pacific time. Prater and Johnny are doing their show. We'll be doing our show out there. Uh, you know how Johnny's mind is uh, – going Mike Prater he's been texting me numerous times about ideas for segments and things and he wants a seven-hour live stream on BNN at the just of the pool and he wants all kinds of stuff so we'll, we'll we get some ideas but uh gonna be a fun day looking forward to it RSVP reigns at bronconationnews.com will give you free entry it's like a $40 cover charge on Friday of conference tournament weekend not if you email me it's free reigns at bronconationnews.com Mike I believe you told me on this one that you will uh you 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 might still uh you know charge for autographs, but pictures are going to be free on this day, right? <laughs> You'll at least go for the pictures if somebody comes up to you. You know, it's, it should be the other way around. Uh, with my, with my face, we should charge for the picture, and then I'll <laughs> give the autograph away for free. That's a lot less painful. The autograph is the easy part. The the picture is the painful part. But yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. I do promise you this, and this is good. I will not be taking off my shirt and jumping into the pool. Johnny might push me into the pool, and I'll have to get my fat ass with all the clothes on getting out of the pool, but I will not be taking off my shirt and jumping into the pool. Oh, our, our, um, our, I just got about six cancellations of their RSVP now that they heard that. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Four weeks from tomorrow, we're heading down. And again, email me, reigns at bronconationnews.com if you uh, want to get in. And Mike, uh, it's going to be quite the tournament. And I, I let in with that graphic and the, that promo to this discussion because – there are now seven teams within one game of first place. Utah State is alone by one game, and then you have like literally six teams tied with four losses uh, in the loss column. And you had UNLV going to the pit and winning, and now New Mexico has another loss. I mean, it is just chaos every night in this conference. And you're going to have two or three good teams, including at least one team, Mike Prater, that might make the NCAA tournament that's playing in the play-in round day on Wednesday because only the first five teams get buys. There's seven or eight teams in this league. If you count UNLV and heck, Wyoming's been beating some people, and uh, one of these top six are for sure going to have to play on uh, on Wednesday. So, um, would have been a huge game for Boise State to win the other night. We've laid out the scenarios. You, 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 the goal would have just been to win one of those two. They certainly have left themselves little margin for error right now, but they get the buy and they get to rest up a little bit, and then the schedule lightens up. And you, you just hope if you're Boise State that now you can take advantage of this weaker schedule and let all the other uh, teams beat each other up and and uh, you look up at the end and you're still back near first place yeah I mean it was you know the only thing that really kind of bugged me about that last week uh, you know I I kind of expected them to lose both and I don't know why I, I maybe it's just because of the anti-basketball thing in me the thing that this is I'm not too worried about the losses uh the thing that concerned me last week was just the lack of competitiveness these games got away from them but it, it was about a 20 point average if you put the two deficits uh, together 
uh, somewhere yep. in that neighborhood. And uh, that, to me, was the only disappointing part. Uh, again, the lack of consistency with this program. Uh, I love, absolutely love the fact that somebody on this basketball team seems like it steps up every single game and, and does something. And lately, that seems like it's been, you know, Tyson Degenhart more than anybody else. Uh, I I don't like the fact that it's so inconsistent and so up and down. And, and guys seem to disappear. Uh, I, I mean, they're playing okay, but there's two or three starters, dependable players on this team that are kind of disappearing, whether it's for five minutes here or whole games there. And I, I need to see some more consistency with this team. I don't understand the consistency thing. That's what's been driving me crazy about this season and this basketball team. I know they've only had two two-game losing streaks. The first one, what, Clemson and Virginia Tech. That, that's to be expected when they were back in the early season struggling. This weekend, I, this past week, I kind of expected it, but the lack of competitiveness and the consistency factor really bothers me with this team right now. Now, Colorado State, or excuse me, uh, Utah State goes to Wyoming on Wednesday, and then they go to Colorado State on Saturday, and they play San Diego State next Tuesday. Those are their next three games. Uh, Colorado State also has to go to San Diego State tomorrow night uh, and then plays Utah State, as I said, on Saturday. Uh, New Mexico goes to Nevada and to San Diego State this week. Uh, this week alone, Mike Prater, all the other teams are kind of beating each other up, and Boise State doesn't even play. And then Boise State's next two games are home games against San Jose and Fresno. Um, you know, I, I don't say this for anything other than regardless of if you think they're playing good, regardless of what you think is going to happen later in the season, we're going to look up in like literally 10 days, Mike Prater, like next Wednesday, and Boise State's going to be in first place. And, and that's okay. I, I Yeah, I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking at all. And as a matter of fact, to me, I don't even really care about the first place. That's nice. Just I want you to kind of stay in the top four. And I, and I did have one question for you, and I was thinking about this this morning as, as I was getting ready for this show. In terms of the bracket, yes. is there an advantage to being top four versus top six versus top eight when it comes to the bracket? Or, I mean, what, the top eight have to go into the quarterfinals? I mean, how does, how does the bracket work? Top five get a bye. So top five get a bye and don't play on Wednesday. So, for, so one the only thing... So that's the ultimate goal here. I mean, the ultimate the goal five. here for Boise State is to five. stay top five. Yes, no you got to be top five. If you're, you're uh, top there's there's three games on Saturday. Number six plays eleven, seven plays ten, and eight plays nine, and then it funnels into the quarters on Thursday, where one will play eight or nine, two okay. would play you know seven, ten, and three, and then uh, the only matchup that is set is four plays five automatically. You both get a bye, but they play each other four or five in the, in the quarterfinals. And that's really all I need then. That's really all I need. This team, this conference is so tight, so close, so up and down. And anybody can beat anybody uh, for the most part on any given night, uh, which is kind of just cliche. But it's true in this particular case. So stay top five. Get that another advantage. If if Boise State, as long as Boise State stays in the top five, I don't care. Get to, yep. get to Vegas, stay in the top five, and then they just go to war yep. because it's going to be a battle. If Boise State's in first place or Boise State's in fifth place, I'm not going to feel any more comfortable or any less comfortable. This basketball program has shown me that they have to prove it, and they have to go to Vegas regardless of what their situation is and win a couple of basketball games and get themselves into the NCAA tournament. So one to five doesn't bother me. Just stay in the top five. I will say this, and again, it's a lot has to happen for this to happen, but there is a big advantage this year to whoever gets one because I think there's I think the cutoff is after seven, you know, in terms of like teams that are really capable of winning this tournament. If I I put UNLV in there, I mean they're winning now, they're gonna be at home. I think UNLV is a scary team to play in this tournament. Plus, you have your top six. And if you're one, you're playing eight or nine. So you're getting Fresno or Air Force or whatever in the first game. If you're two, you may be playing UNLV on their home floor. And if you're three, you're playing 
either Nevada or one of these teams that are also in that six. So I do think that uh, two versus seven is not much different, but I think there is an advantage if you can do it to get to one for a lot of reasons. I also think Mike Prater, um, you know, if you're one, like if you win the regular season, you're, I know it's not automatic, but if you win the league, you're going into the NCAA tournament. They're not taking the regular season champion in this league and saying, sorry, you don't get in. So I do think trying to win the league and playing for something here is a big deal. Now, that's two games in a row, though, Mike, where they gave up over 50% shooting. And when you're on the road, you know, I get it. Big crowds. The home team usually shoots a little better. They made nine threes in that game, and Utah State doesn't necessarily make threes very often. They had guys 25 points, a easily a career high for one of their guys. I mean, they just had some big nights. Um, but Boise State also only shot 36%, really struggled from three-point range. I asked Leon Rice after the game uh, about that. What's the bigger issue for you, them shooting 52% or you guys only shooting 36? Both. It, it was both because we, we got to, you know, we got to get our offense clicking. Uh, we had it clicking last, you know, a week ago and, um, you know, it can change quick. But you also played two really good teams on their court and they were really physical games, both games. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, we – to be fair to our guys, they looked a little worn out and, yep. and, uh, but they, they battle and they, but like I said, the best thing that we have in that locker room, so many good guys that have such high character that they'll be ready. We'll, uh, this break will help us. Like I said, we'll be able to reset. We'll be back to playing great basketball. And I know for the Leon Rice, uh, detractors, uh, you know, guys that look for stuff to criticize it comes off as an excuse and i get it mike prater but they did play uh, 11 straight games without the bye uh, either two or three days of no more than three days of rest 11 straight games the longest stretch of any team in the conference the three of the last four were on the road at altitude at new mexico at colorado state at utah state so not making an excuse for that but i guess i use i spin that forward here that uh they get they're taking three days off. They're not practicing again until Wednesday. Three days. Get away. Nothing for three days. And they, they haven't had that since Christmas. I mean, they, they are resetting, taking a breather. And then, as I said, they get back to work and the schedule gets a lot easier here. So um, I know it sounds like an excuse. Maybe it is. But they were they just didn't have much left in the tank this week. They needed the break. And uh, hopefully they can regroup uh, and, and, and start racking, racking off some wins here down the stretch. Yeah, there's no doubt they look tired, and I get it all. Uh, you know, I mean, but they're a 500 team over these last eight games, and half those games have been at home. Uh, they've what lost three of their last five and four of their last eight. Uh, and I know what you're saying about the advantage of, of being first place, but uh, at this point, I don't think that that's going to be a realistic thing, especially now that Utah State would own the tiebreaker. You have essentially have to be what a, a whole game or a half a game better than Utah yeah, State. Two back of them. Yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, that that's going to be really, really difficult. Uh, they play what seven games at home. They'd have to go six and one over these last seven games. They're not not all at home, but they finish off the regular season with seven games, and, and the schedule does get much easier. There's no doubt about that. But they've also proven that they can't always win games at home. They've lost a couple of games at home. So seven games left. In order to get to that first place factor, you're going to have to win six of those and, and hope for Utah State's losses. That's a lot of mental energy that I don't really think this basketball team should worry about right now. So. Uh, yeah, it's never you never want to ditch the the goal of of, of winning a conference championship uh, and getting that regular season first round bid or first round seed. So I, I get it, but realistically for me, I mean, your goal might be first place. My goal is just top five, and yeah. that's where I want this basketball team to be top five going into Vegas. And certainly looks like that's uh, doable here, as we talked about with the schedule. Uh, one more quick bite from Leon. Uh, big picture here. You can't, you know, you can't overreact because of of how many losses everybody's going to get and and you know you're this is a top 20 team right now yep. and 
you know, they, they played like it tonight. I know that. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of regrouping. And, you know, you've seen it all over the league where team will lose a couple and then they bounce back. Team will lose a couple, they bounce back. And, and the, the, you just got to get back to, you know, you got a month left after this bye to playing your best basketball. And if you do that, you know, let the fur fly and, and we're a good enough team to be right there in the hunt. So. And I guess final thing, Coach, we saw, you know, UNLV go into the pit and win tonight. Oh, uh, I, I mean, uh, I think that's seven teams within one game of first place now. Again, yeah. I mean, Utah State's there at one. I think there's six of you now with four losses in conference. I mean, there's going to be some crazy teams having to, good teams having to play on Wednesday in this conference tournament. No doubt. Uh, uh, but I guess, as I kind of said, you, you guys uh, have already gone mostly through that that gauntlet, and, and uh, hopefully you can take advantage of this down the stretch well, here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just for coaches and for a team because you've seen all these teams now, and they're, they – if you if they all play good and you don't, they all beat you. And uh, you know, so we'll get back to our focus now. We'll be able to be on us for a little bit, and we'll get back to playing really good. And when when we play really good, we can play with anyone. All right, Mike Prater. We'll we'll uh, as we kind of wrap this up here. Um, I, I guess my big picture thought is um, we, we as you said we kind of saw this stretch coming. And if you go back to after they lost that Utah State game, they had three of the next four on the road at the pit. They had the Air Force game, and then last week, I think we were all saying, hey, if they can just find a way to go two and two in this four-game stretch, you would take that at this point. Well, they they did, and, and it came maybe not the way we thought. They won at the pit and then you know lost both this week, but um, they played seven quad one games out of ten that they just finished this stretch of seven out of ten quad one games. They went four and three in that stretch. They, they really did. You know, I know they lost, as you said, 500, but uh, I think they kind of – did enough to keep up, stay above water and, and, and hold serve a little bit. And, and I know that the, the overall eight losses isn't great, but you mentioned going six and one, like, I really think that's doable. Like you got San Jose and Fresno at home at Wyoming is going to be a little tricky, but you, you should, if you want to get to the NCAA tournament and do what you want to do, you should be able to win at Wyoming. And then you're at air force. I mean, the next four games should, should be wins and you have the buy in there too. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see this team losing a game for like three weeks, Mike. And, and as I said, all these other teams are going to beat each other up and their schedules are way harder. And then you, you come back after that stretch and you do have to play Nevada and New Mexico, but they're both at home and you already beat both those teams. So I don't think it's crazy to think you can win that. And then obviously you have to go to San Diego state to finish the season. But um, I guess overall that, you know, as you said, they're losing some, you know, they're starting to take a little water on the boat. They're losing some games, but, um, I think that you saw that if they could just kind of get through that stretch and not totally collapse, which I don't think they did. Um, there is the schedule's manageable here, and I still think they can win a lot of these games down the stretch. Yeah, definitely win a lot of them. I, I don't expect them to win them all. I really don't. I don't. I don't see this basketball team going six and zero. And again, that's okay. I, 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 that's not going to be my expectations. Win the ones you're supposed to win. I mean, the first and foremost part is is just to take a breather this weekend. And hopefully they got yesterday off and today maybe a, a light day and kind of build back up for Saturday and and just get your legs back together. Get your you – know, go kiss your mom, go kiss your girlfriend and, and and go read a book and get back in class and, and do your things and just kind of get your mind away from basketball. It's been a long stretch and a long grind. I, I know the schedule. It's been intense. It's been tough. The quad one opponents, all that kind of stuff is out there. So just, you know, I, you almost have to – well, they do one game at a time, kind of stupid cliche. But this week, rest, get that Fresno State thing taken care of, and come back next Tuesday and deal with San Jose State, and then just take a collective deep breath. Boise State's not going to win every one of these games, but again, I don't think the goal here is to get the first place. You want to be refreshed. You want to be smart. 
you want your body to feel good, and you want to be in the top four or five, and that's really the only mission here is. So win four or five of these last games, and Boise State should be okay. They need to be ready and at the top of their game going into Vegas. I assume today on Idaho Sports Talk, Mike, it'll be a lot of what we talked about, Super Bowl and Bush Hamden and basketball. Uh, what do we got coming up three to six today? Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Bush. We're going to obviously rehash the Super Bowl. Uh, Johnny Ballgame is going to be wearing a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers gear because he lost a bet to me. So he'll be doing the full show decked out in Pittsburgh Steelers gear. And also, you know, I will mention this. Uh, some of you may have seen uh, the, the tragic incident of what happened with Tanner Vallejo and his brother here in the Treasure Valley over the weekend. Tanner Vallejo is going to join us on the show as he kind of marches through this crusade to try to figure out what happened to his his little brother who apparently still lives here in the Treasure Valley and, and had that ugly, gruesome incident. The, the agent, Ron Slavin, the NFL agent, reached out yesterday during the Super Bowl and, and wanted a little Bronco Nation love. So we're going to give Tanner Vallejo a little Bronco Nation love today at 415. But it's all about Bush Hamden and it's all about the Super Bowl. Yeah, I will read his tweet real quick. He said, uh, looking for help. My little brother was severely assaulted in Cuna, Idaho at a bonfire two nights ago. He is hospitalized, staples in his head, multiple broken facial bones. He is a brain cancer survivor and is lucky to be alive. Uh, and, and my understanding is they're trying to find out who did it. He, he got uh, uh, you know severely assaulted is, is the phrase he used, and they don't know who it was, and they're trying to find that out. So any information on that from the incident that happened in Cuna, uh, Tanner Vallejo would, would love to know, and local authorities probably would like to know. And so uh, yeah. that's good. That's good. 415, be listening to Tanner and hopefully, um, you know, prayers that everything goes okay with his brother and that they can find yes. out who uh, who did this. So uh, appreciate you as always, Mike, for joining us. And we'll be listening three to six today. Thanks to JP as well for helping us out four weeks from tomorrow. Looking forward to getting down to Vegas for the conference tournament. But uh, a, lot, a lot of games, a lot of discussions to happen before then to see how this thing shakes out. And we'll be uh, listening three o'clock today to you guys on Idaho Sports Talk. So thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Jay Tuss and I will be back at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, we'll hopefully get some more clarity or information on Bush Hamden uh, today or near future. We'll, we'll get that out there and let you know on that. And uh, have a great, uh, great rest of your day. Again, Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. We'll talk to you <laughs> later. Bronco Nation News, bronconationnews.com.